that they want. They want the cash now, and they've got their own investments they want to deal with, and they don't want real estate. They may have an investment advisor who says, hey, go ahead and pay the tax now. You know, the capital gains rate's fairly low right now from historical levels, so let's go ahead and pay the tax, and then I'm going to put you into this fantastic fund, whatever it is, so they may sell them on something else. But they want to, they want access to the money to do whatever they want. Maybe they want to you know, buy a boat. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined by the non-allergy suffering Doug Hubler. How could you tell? Well, you're not coughing. Okay. <laughs> you don't have sniffling. A, no, yeah. sni- no sniffling, coughing, sneezing, right. stuffy head, yeah. whatever the NyQuil feel, commercial says. One thing that a lot of our sellers do not feel good about is after they sell their business, they get hit with a lot of taxes. Really? No, they don't like paying taxes. That's true. Today, what we're talking about is specifically a 1031 exchange. Mm -hmm. It's kind of one of my favorite terms because people like to make it a verb. (laughs) Doug, let's go ahead and 1031 this. We are 1031-ing. Yeah, we're going to 1031 this today. So at 1031 Exchange. All of our sellers, 100%, are worried about what's left over after the sale. What are the tax implications? So we're going to try hard to get them to the proper experts to help them with this. And it is a tax deferral strategy. There's always going to be a tax, and it's going to hit sometime. So... When we talk about a 1031 exchange, it is a tax deferral strategy. At some point, when the real estate is ultimately sold um, in an estate or something, then somebody's going to be paying tax. So in this particular case, I actually have a client now. We're in the process of selling. And he made a comment to me that, what am I going to have to pay on, on the building that I sell? And I can't answer that directly for him, but he made a comment about, I think I might be looking at rental properties with this money. And I thought, well, maybe you should talk to my 1031 advisor that I know, and he can go through the whole process with you. So I hooked him up with a 1031 advisor, and they are prepared to go that direction. So in this particular case, the owner of the property who is selling doesn't really want to own a single property that he's identified that he would then have to manage. He wanted some other way of doing this. And there, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, it's got to be a like-kind exchange. And it, and it doesn't. All it has to be a, is one investment property into another investment property. So it can be a lot of different things. So there's two parts that I want to make sure we cover when we talk about why a 1031 exchange, Mm -hmm. or for our purposes, Mm -hmm. when we 1031 something. Okay, all right. Why it is important and what, without proper planning, and to sound like the broken record that we are, the more that people plan and get involved with us in Mm -hmm. advance, the more that we can identify these types of issues. Sure. The issue that typically comes up is business owner also owns a building. Mm-hmm. They've owned the building for 
5, 10, 15, 20, 25 right. years. There's right. two parts that are in play here. One is what's going to be called uh, depreciation recapture, right? which we will not tackle today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> depreciation recapture, we'll, we'll talk about that at another mm-hmm. time. But the other mm-hmm. thing is, is what naturally happens to real estate is that it appreciates in value. Right. So somebody buys a, a building for $500,000 15 years ago, and that building is now worth $2.5 million. Mm-hmm over right. the time that, that they've held that property. Right. So they are going to pay taxes should they just sell that building for the $2.5 million on a basis of $500,000. So right, right. That's, and that's pretty straightforward there, but then they've also depreciated that building mm-hmm. probably over 10, 15 years. So there is some recapture on that too. So there's, there's a, you know, somebody's probably looking at 30% tax on the sale of their of their building and like you said you know they may not need the cash today they want it for retirement so this is a great way to put the taxes off and invest that yeah so what they do is they take the proceeds of the the two and a half million dollars that they sell the building for and they're going to roll that into a 1031 exchange Mm -hmm. which is either we're going to identify a property right or we're going to identify a fund that invests in certain right. types of properties. Yeah. The interesting thing about the funds is that those funds change daily, right? right? So yeah. if you're if you're going to roll it into a fund, what's available for you to invest in as a property today might not, might be, there, not be available. Might not Pro- be there tomorrow. Most might likely not. it won't. Right. So so the the main advantage of doing the 1031 exchange is that we're going to defer the capital gains and the mm-hmm. depreciation recapture and the, right. the various taxes that we're going to pay on the sale of real property of the right. building. And then we're going to roll that into another building potentially mm-hmm. or into the fund. Right. So it's a lot of kind of how a lot of when real estate's involved, you can roll it up into bigger and better sure. and defer the tax right. and create a right. new basis. What happens when you go to take that out? Two, two scenarios when we take it out, right? So we live off the interest for the, the rest mm-hmm. of our life, and then it goes into, it goes into our estate. What, it, what happens if you pull the money out of the 1031? Then, then you'll ultimately, then you'll pay the tax at that point, whatever is, was ever due. And I'm assuming that there's some appreciation on your investment. But, it, but at that point, you're most likely going to be looking at uh, capital gains tax on that. And you're paying regular income on the interest you're getting on that, whatever's coming in and rent rates or whatever, whatever you're earning off of that every year, you're paying regular income tax. So when you sell the property, that's when you're going to be hit with the capital gains tax. So it is really a tool that's designed to allow you to invest the full amount mm-hmm. of the sale right. of the property, right. live off of the income, the interest yep. that that investment is right. accruing right and then pass that on to heirs right. is that really yes. the the main reason why somebody would or you just say i want to put it in this investment vehicle for 10 years and then at some point i may want to sell it and just cash out and you know what's nice about those funds is that you can sell those at any time you're not locked in forever so it's i think it's fairly flexible program that works for somebody and say, okay, I'm deciding to cash out and I'll go ahead and pay the tax at this time. And again, that tax is going to be at 
at capital gains. Right. So right. what are scenarios where a 1031 exchange would not be? The only time that we've come across is that they want they want the cash now and they've got their own investments they want to deal with and they don't want real estate. They may have an investment advisor who says, hey, go ahead and pay the tax now. You know, the capital gains rate's fairly low right now from historical levels, so let's go ahead and pay the tax, and then I'm going to put you into this fantastic fund, whatever it is, so they may sell them on something else. But they want to, they want access to the money to do whatever they want. Maybe they want to, you know, buy a boat. Does the size of the property, I don't, does that matter? I don't think there's a limit on that. You know, as far as I know, for, for the businesses that we've been involved with and the property size hasn't been an issue one way or another. Is it uh, something where if it's too small, it wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense to wouldn't do? Wouldn't make financial sense. Let's say we're selling a business for three hundred thousand all in. Right. And right. two hundred and thirty thousand of that is the yeah. the building and the business is seventy thousand. Right. Does it make yeah. sense at that point for the the owner to try to do a 1031 Usually exchange. at that point, the seller's wanting the cash. You know, when it's when it's that amount, a small amount, they're probably wanting the cash. The one that I'm dealing with now is fairly small. It's about 350000 So that's a large enough deal for the seller to want to roll it over. They don't need the cash. So they're like, hey, I'll just put it into this. I won't pay taxes. And I can put that off for the next 15 years. So a 1031 really works when you don't need the cash. Mm -hmm. It does right. not work if you are banking on the sale of the business mm -hmm. and you've got debts to pay. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say on that, that same example, let's say the 230 is what the building sells for and they owe 175 on it. Yeah. Does it make sense on the gap of the, the $60,000 or whatever to... Yeah, I th you know, and I don't know from the in investment advisor if they have some limits on what they want to deal with because they're putting their time and effort mm -hmm. into it. They may have some limits of one hundred fifty or two hundred thousand minimum to do it, and and that's a great question. I don't know that. Does your liability on the building does that impact the yeah, desirability? Yeah, they're looking at the yeah yeah. For they're sure. looking at the the spread, the right? Equity? So yeah, right. so I've got I owe two hundred on it. And I'm selling mm -hmm. it for two fifty. Yeah. Is that fifty thousand yeah. dollars worth the good point? The because exchange? in this in this case, the mortgage has been paid off, so everything that he's getting out of the sale is going straight into the ten thirty one exchange. Well, I look forward to coming back next week and talking about depreciation recapture with you. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, we should have an accountant. I was going to say maybe we will. Uh, maybe we'll reach out to some accountants to have them come back in and maybe yeah. do a little bit deeper dive on strategies, you know, there's, like I said, there's a, a ton of strategies that yeah. we can point our clients to. There, There's none of these that we're going to be the expert on. Really, our, I think our role in a lot of these cases is to look at what's what's makes sense for the individual client right and how can they how can they maximize their their takeaway their walk home when yeah, they, that's, uh, and, and that's why we, we tell them you know we know enough to be dangerous right we, we know that what their motivation is and what their hot buttons are so that's when we're going to send them off to this expert or that expert to say okay you guys go and figure out what you need we'll help you on our side get it done well 
uh, appreciate you uh, appreciate you taking time today. I know that this is a busy day for for both of us, so we we got we this got one in. On. We do have a Thank lot you. going on. There's a lot of activity going yep. around the yep. office, which is always great to see. We're going to send everybody to our website because we've got no more time to to do this podcast for this week. Um, but we will be back next week. Go to kcapex.com. That's where you're going to find everything you need to know about buying or selling a business, including business listings, getting in touch with brokers, blogs, and of course, these podcasts. So until next week, if you're looking at buying or selling a business, we got you, fam.